Warning, this show has been known to cause certain side effects in listeners and participants alike. Symptoms include a positive outlook on life, wanting to try new things, and a renewed faith in humanity. Enjoy at your own risk. Hey there, and welcome to the I Like to Like Things podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Thanks for joining me. I don't think I have to tell you that the world can be a dark and scary place for us all. And I'm here to help you get through the miasma of that negativity one episode at a time. And to accomplish this, I have a guest tell me about their favorite thing, and we get to share in their enthusiasm. Now, the catch is I'm not already a fan of their thing. However, I've learned that it's easy to like something as long as I had an excited person explaining why their thing was great. And so this podcast and all its potential positive feelings is born from that. Now for today's episode, I have a new pod friend, Thomas, from the Physical Attraction Show. Thomas, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. It's good to be on the show to talk about something that's completely unrelated to my podcast. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, though? Like, like I, yeah. <laughs> like you, you could, like you're really good at something, and but like your your passion might be something else. And luckily, like most people, it does. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the dream is to have that line up, but that isn't always the uh, <laughs> isn't always how it works. Uh, but can you tell people about your show, please? Yeah, of course. So my show, Physical Attraction, it's a show about physics, uh, science, technology, the future, all these sorts of things. Um, that's kind of my day job as a grad student scientist. And we talk about, um, well, all kinds of physics from we've had a show on the history of nuclear fusion. We're doing some episodes now on climate change, which is an area that I've studied a lot. And we interview scientists. Sometimes we do episodes which just go in depth on the science. And yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say if anyone's interested in any of those things, scientific questions and so on, I'm, I'm sure hopefully you'll appreciate something out of it. But um, I, I, I really like the format for your show. And it gives me a chance to talk about something which isn't anything to do with science, uh, which is like <laughs> my, um, I guess, private enthusiasm and passion, which I can never <laughs> talk about on my own show. So I'm super excited about it. Finally getting an excuse to, to uh, to ramble on to someone else about this thing, so it's good. <laughs> yeah, and then there's sometimes like for me, like when I love American football, I love the NFL. I am not an elite athlete, so I can't like pursue that passion. <laughs> you know, so so just because <laughs> you're passionate about something doesn't mean that you get to do it on a full time basis. But oh man, so I'm probably the um, the dumbest person you've talked to on a podcast. Then if you if you if you compare me to the rest of your <laughs> Your guests that you've had. Well, I don't know, quite, often, quite often I'm talking to myself, so, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so let's just launch into it then. So, so Thomas, what is your thing? My thing is... Cricket. Cricket. Uh, is there, a, like, a nickname for it? Or does everyone just call... Like, is like when I had uh, Paul from the Countdown podcast... He was talking about Australian football rules, uh, football, and they call it footy. Aussie so, rules football. Yeah, Aussie rules, uh, and so they call it footy. Ah. Is cricket? Does cricket have like a fun name like that, or is it just always just cricket? Yeah, I think cricket is short enough. People just stick with cricket. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I mean, I don't know how much uh, your audience is going to be familiar with cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's quite a niche sport. We were saying even before the broadcast that, you know, even within countries that play cricket, and there are some countries which traditionally are well known for playing cricket, uh, India being the biggest one, 
England, where I'm from as well, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, uh, the West Indies, the Caribbean, uh, plays a lot of cricket. Um, these are the sort of cricket playing nations, uh, Pakistan and Bangladesh as well. Um, and outside of that, there aren't so many people who play uh, these games, but the USA does have a national team and there are um, lots of very small national teams for countries all over the world, sometimes in places where you'd least expect, like Iceland has a team. Um, but even within the countries that where people are interested in it, not everyone knows a lot about it. So I think we'll probably have to do some explaining for people as to as to how this sport actually works. Now, have you been a fan since a kid? Like, what, is it something that you grew up with? And I, I know that's something that I've had people tell me about some of these niche sports. Is that, oh, you have to grow up with it. So were you a newer fan to it or has it just been your entire life? I think for a lot of people, they do grow up with it. For me, it's actually really weird. I am definitely a mm -hmm. newer fan. And it was quite an unusual thing for me to like because it wasn't played at my family, it wasn't played in my school. Um, I just got into it because I heard some of the highlights once on the radio. And <laughs> cricket on the radio is a really interesting experience because there's this incredible, like, complicated vocabulary that we have um, to describe things that go on in the game of cricket. So uh, an example cricketing sentence might be uh, the batsman chipped a leg break to silly mid on and was out for 16. And it's just like, if you don't know anything that's going on in this, you're like, what? Oh what is God, he talking yeah. about? Like, what? What is happening there? And um, but cricket, cricket games for those who don't know can go on for up to five days. And what? so, when the commentary, when the commentary is going on on the radio, oh yeah, five days, eight Whoa. hours a day. Um, when the commentary is going on on the radio, they spend most of their time just talking about, you know, uh, the grass is green, the birds are singing, um, you know, they're, they're, it's a sunny day. Um, we've got some cake in the studio with us. You know, um, it's it's like it's like audio therapy, and then maybe occasionally someone will, you know, bowl a ball, and there'll be some action in the sport oh to describe. Um, so it's a little bit like a sport where you kind of go out all day and um, sit around watching it and not a great deal happens and it's very therapeutic and relaxing um, in a world where I think sometimes we try and do things too quickly you know there's too much going on um, it's nice to uh, detach from reality for a bit with this with this quite slow moving game it's, it's, it's really like the novel of games compared to the vine you know right it makes it sound like golf is this fast paced um this fast-paced, breakneck <laughs> speed game is what it's making it sound like. Oh, the only... golf. Too quick, yeah. too quick. <laughs> too fast. Golf's way too fast. <laughs> it, so, for most people, and I, I don't think that I'm in the minority on this, for, for, uh, for American listeners, the only thing we know about cricket is that uh, it's something that Sean uses in Shaun of the Dead to kill zombies. Um, and he uses a bat. <laughs> That's from, right. Yeah, he uses a bat from there. And then... The character Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Cricket Bat, and like those, kid you not, those are the only two things that I know about cricket, other than that you do hit a ball. That's it, and I think that most people are in the same. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, let's let's just get into get into it. Like, how do you even play this game? I don't even know. Okay, so I came up with a little spiel um, to help explain, especially to an American audience. Um, how this game works and I'll do my best but please stop me if there's anything that's not clear and this is uh, only a paragraph or so so it won't be too long so 
The thing that you have to start with from an American perspective is baseball. Um, the game of cricket and the game of baseball were once the same game, I think, long ago in history. Interesting. And through a through a twist of fate, the Americans ended up picking up the baseball version, and other countries that were once, you know, colonies of the British, uh, kind of stuck with cricket, including in in the Caribbean. So you know, in uh, Trinidad, Tobago, Jamaica, and stuff, they still play cricket a lot. And um, some of them cricketers there will play baseball too. But uh, if you if you start by thinking of baseball. Um, then we can talk about the differences. Okay. So instead of a diamond, as you have in baseball, you have a rectangular pitch, which is 22 yards long. That's in the middle of a big field. And you have two batsmen on either side of the pitch. These batsmen, they stand in front of a set of sticks called a wicket, which you might have seen before. Um, they stand in front of these sticks. Oh, I've, I've heard of wicket. Yeah, I've, yeah. Heard of, like, I've heard of something called a sticky wicket yes. on a Seinfeld episode okay i can explain that in more detail a bit later on um but yeah 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 that that (laughs) is definitely a thing that's like a term that's one of the many terms in this cricketing vocabulary it's why it makes it kind of difficult um for new people to get into but by the time (laughs) by the time i'm finished with you (laughs) you'll you'll have a whole new language um to string your bow with but uh yeah so so in baseball you have a pitcher right who uh throws the ball at the guy and then he tries to hit it um, in, in cricket, the pitcher is called a bowler, and instead of pitching from a standing start, he runs up and bowls the ball overarm, and generally it reaches the batsman on the bounce. So what happens then is the batters, uh, they, they bat in pairs, which are called partnerships, and they score runs by hitting the ball and then running up and down the pitch. If they hit the ball far enough, uh, to the edge of the field, they can score four runs, and if they hit it over the edge of the field, like a home run in baseball, then they score six runs. Now, here's where we get into it. Each side has 11 batters, and each batter gets to carry on batting until they're out. So this is how this game can go for so long, because typically in the case of a uh, of a baseball, for example, I guess, the, the guy hits it and then he runs to first base or second base or something, and uh, his, his kind of right. turn is over, right? Um, until they've had a certain number of outs in the innings, is that right? Correct, yes. Yeah. So it's the same in cricket, except you get to have 10 outs in an innings. Um, But the batsman can just keep batting and keep scoring runs. And so it's not uncommon for a team to score hundreds of runs uh, in an innings, or for an individual batsman to score 100. And that's the way that some of these versions of the game can last for five days, because they'll just bat for hours and hours and hours, scoring many, many runs. Now, I said that each batsman gets to bat until he gets out, right? Now, there are several different ways of getting out. If they hit the ball up in the air and it's caught by a fielder, they're out. Okay. Now, these batsmen, they're standing in front of some sticks that they're defending, and those sticks are the wicket, like we mentioned. If the ball hits those sticks, or if it hits their body, which is blocking the sticks, but not the bat, then they're also out. Okay. And the final way they can get out is when they're running up and down the pitch, which is between these two sets of wickets. They can also be run out, like in baseball. So if the fielders get the ball to the sticks before they've completed a run, then they can be run out. So these are all the different ways that the batsmen can get out. And then once 10 batsmen have got out on the team, they swap so the team that is bowling starts batting. And the winner is the team that scores the most runs before their entire team is out and in test cricket they do that twice so 
everyone gets two goes. Um, so there's four innings, I guess, uh, and each team bats twice. And that is my potted explanation of how the sport works. Okay, so when you're so how many people are there on the uh, on the the I guess the 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 pitching side the the people what, what was the guy who throws the ball again what's that what's he called the bowler the bowler okay so how many other players are on the bowler's team trying to either catch or run out how many are on that side yeah that's a good question it's eleven again so okay. you have eleven players on each team and the players who would be batting are in the field uh, helping out the bowler with the fielding when okay. uh, that when yeah when that team is playing. So, so so when they're running back and forth, so is it basically from wicket to wicket and then that would be a, a run scored? That's then? right. That's right. Exactly. Is there like a, a, a catcher, someone standing behind the wicket too? Or do they all have to be um, out there on the pitch? Yeah, there's a catcher who stands behind the wicket. And okay. to make things more complicated, we call him the wicket keeper. <laughs> that, that, that worked. Keeper is another thing for like, like hockey. And, and soccer or football. Yeah, right, oh, exactly. Yeah. And in soccer too, you have that. Yeah. So he's the guy on the bowler's team who stands behind the wicket and generally will catch the ball, um, especially if the batsman doesn't hit him. Will he still be out if he misses, but it doesn't hit the, the sticks? Will he still be out on that? No, in that case, it's just no run and he's not out. So it's not like baseball where you have a strike if you miss the ball. Um, okay. You're allowed to miss the ball as many times as you like. It's only if it hits the wicket or if you hit it in the air or if it hits your leg um, or any part of you and would go on to hit the wicket. Got it. When that happens, you're out LBW or leg before wicket. So that's even more terminology <laughs> I love it. Um, in this sport. <laughs> so they just kind of, can they just keep running back and forth between the wickets until somebody can can then either tag them out or, or they decide to stop, right? They could just run back and forth if they're fast enough. Yeah, yeah, they could run back and forth. Typically, uh -huh. it's very difficult to complete more than three runs okay. before the fielding team will have got the ball back to you. Unless because you hit it a home run. At the edge of the field, there's a boundary. Yeah, exactly. So if you've hit it so far, you know, there's only there's only so much field they can hit it into. Um, typically, if you hit it much further than that, it would probably uh, cross the boundary, in which case you'd get a four if it was along the ground or a six if it was in the air. Okay, so you just get an automatic, it's automatic points. Exactly, that's right. Right, okay. So it's all- Yeah, so you can't just keep running forever and ever. So I, I see, so then, so like, I, I see how it's probably easier to get a few runs when you kind of hit it low and on the ground because you probably get more to where, but that's then right. you get that, you can have that extra bonus, but there is some chance that you'd get out if they catch it if you try and uh, basically knock it out of the... Okay. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not trying to hit everything for a home mm -hmm. run, and it will depend on the match situation as to how defensive you want to be, right? Right. So if you're chasing down another team's score um, and you don't have much time left, because five days can run out too, you know, um, then you might want to be more aggressive and try and hit the ball in the air a bit. Um, then alternatively, you know, if it's quite early in the game, you might play a bit more defensively and try not to get out so that you can accumulate runs more slowly. The most you can play is five days. Is that, so that's what you're saying? That's right, yeah. There's there's forms of the game that are much shorter okay. too. 
So that's something that you can watch if you're not willing to start watching something for five days. There's versions of it where they limit the number of balls that are bowled, and so it becomes a much shorter game. How? So you said it's time. So how long can each day? How long can they go? You said eight hours. Yeah. So they they really time it in the number of balls that are bowled. Oh. So in a given day of cricket, there should be 540 that are bowled, but it normally takes about eight hours to do that. So why would a game go longer? Is it just because it's tied why would it go past that first day so this is basically because as i as i say like the whole team is out when they've lost 10 wickets right? got it okay um so when they've when they when 10 batsmen have been got out oh. and it can just take a really long time to get a batsman out um they can keep batting for a very long time if they want to oh um, okay so it's not timed no it's not timed. i see um the the only thing is if, if it's not finished after five days then it's a draw got it okay so it's really so not... there is a there is a time limit it's a really long one right yeah five days five days is a long time okay so it's just about getting the batsman out i see okay and so that's right oh okay so yeah so you would want that makes sense instead of you trying to sometimes it wouldn't matter how many you can score obviously high score wins but if you're just trying to catch up Yes. Oh, I see. okay. That makes a lot of sense. You're just trying not to get out, as opposed to necessarily trying to get the biggest. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're getting you're getting it now. So it's a much more patient mm -hmm. game, um, because you know, as a batsman, you have an option. Uh, perhaps you could try and hit balls in the air, and eventually you'd get unlucky or you'd miss hit one, and then you'd be out. Right. And you might score thirty runs if you hit five sixes. Right. So. But as a batsman, you can do so much better if you accumulate very slowly right. and just score ones and twos. Right. And over the course of a few hours, you could get to a hundred. Right. Yeah. So you just are you're playing you're playing a longer game as opposed to something. Oh, I see. Exactly. Do, do, okay. I think you said this already. You said something about innings. So the batsmen on either team, they just keep going until they've all gone. Or is it until they've all gone out and then the other team gets to go? Is that right? Or is it? Is it? Is it? They keep going until they've all gone okay. out, and then the other team gets. Oh, to go. okay. So base. I see. So um, it seems like it would be preferable to go second, right? Is that the preferred time to go? You want to go second? Generally, um, there are a couple of reasons. So there's. This is the thing, it's tricky, okay. right? Because there's a few different calculations. I can see what you're thinking. You're thinking, if you want to go second, that's good because you know how many runs you need right. to get. And so you can time your innings and your strategy more easily. And that is true. But the thing that makes cricket so fascinating, um, at least for me, is the pitch that they play on is so important to how the game plays. Okay. Because you might be thinking, how is it that the... Uh, that the bowlers can get the batsmen out. Why don't they just defend constantly and only score runs when the bowler bowls a bad ball or something mm. like that? Um, and then they would never get out as long as they have the concentration. And the, 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 the art of cricket is that the bowlers have developed ways to try and trick and deceive the batsmen oh. so that they uh, don't succeed in hitting the ball. And there's a couple of ways that they do this. So I know in baseball you'll have like curveballs right. and and uh, fastballs and kind of deceptive balls that are aiming to try and get the uh, the hitters, uh, the batsmen in, in baseball to mishit the ball. And it is a bit similar in cricket. So for example, um, some bowlers spin the ball a lot 
um, which causes it to bounce unpredictably off the ground. And then hopefully, you know, the, the, the batsman will miss it. It might hit his stumps, it might hit his wicket and he'll be out. Or the batsman might miss it, uh, mishit it in, in the air to a, a close-by fielder. Um, and the, the, the other type of bowling that you tend to see is fast bowlers. Um, and what they do is very ingenious. They've developed methods to polish just one side of the ball, um, which causes it to swing in the air. So you'll be facing this ball that's being bowled towards you, and it will move laterally, uh, side to side, as it's being bowled towards you through this incredible aerodynamics of swing that they can get in the air. And if you can't predict that, because it happens quite late when it's approaching the uh-huh. bat, um, you could miss it, you could mishit it, and, and then you'll be out and you'll be dismissed. And so this comes into the question you asked, which is, why is it not always preferable to bat second? Over the course of the game, which takes so long, the pitch actually deteriorates and becomes more difficult oh. to bat on because the bounce of the ball becomes more unpredictable. Right. And so the conditions of the game are extremely important um, to how well batsmen can do. So if you go second, you have the advantage that you know what runs you need to chase and which runs you need to score, but the pitch will be worse to bat on. So it's a bit of a toss-up. And teams actually tend to want to go first if they can. That, I mean, yeah, you want you want the nice level playing field that you know there's, there's not as many variables in there. Exactly, yeah. How far away is the bowler from the batsman? 22 yards. Okay, so he's pretty far away. Okay, so he's really, how, how big, yeah, how big is a cricket ball? How big is it? And what's it made out of? So these, these balls are quite interesting. They're made out of leather, mostly. Um, and the bats are traditionally made out okay. of willow. Um, so you have this leather ball. It's probably not, it's uh-huh. probably quite similar in size to a baseball. Um, it sort of would fit just in your hand um, if your hand was outstretched. And as I say, the bowlers uh, take a, a long run up. Um, so quite often when the ball is uh, getting to the batsman, if it's a fast bowler, it could be 90 miles an hour that it's going up. Um, so they don't have very much time to make a decision. Wow. And of yeah. course, that, that pace is part of what uh, uh, you, c- you can use to try and bowl the batsman out by hitting his stumps, h- hitting his wicket, or, uh, or deceive him and get him LBW or miss hitting into the air or something like does that. Does it have to bounce before he can hit it? Or does can he just, uh, can you hit it before it bounces? It doesn't have to bounce. You can run up and hit it if you want to, um, although that's quite dangerous, uh-huh. obviously. Um, and sometimes the, the bowler will make a mistake and it won't bounce. Um, but typically you want it to bounce because the bounce is part of what makes it right. unpredictable. Um, if you think about how it might work, you know, it, it's going to bounce a few yards away from you. You have a fraction of a second to right. decide, am I going to try and hit this for runs? Am I going to block it? Am I going to... Uh, you know, leave it alone and try and let it pass the the stumps and pass the wicket and go uh, to the to the wicket keeper and just sort of leave it alone. Uh, you know, how am I going to treat this 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 ball? And if it bounces in a particular direction, you know that you only have fractions of a second to figure out what you're going to do with it. So typically, a competent batsman, if the ball doesn't bounce, can just smash it wherever he wants. But once it's bounced, he has uh, that very very short amount of time to make a decision. And of course, indecision could mean that you get out. Right. So it's really, really tricky um, if it bounces just before it, it reaches you. When the player, when the batsman is running back and forth between the wickets, does he, can he be tagged out in the middle or do you normally just throw it to the wicket keeper? Is that the normally how it works out? And then that would mean that they're gonna be out? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. So typically you have a wicketkeeper um, behind the stumps. You might have the bowler behind the other set of stumps. And they can tag out by uh, tapping the ball to the wickets, okay. um, to that set of stumps. And and that will uh, get the batsman out if he's not completed a run. Okay, so what is a sticky wicket then? What What is a sticky wicket? <laughs> okay, so now, now we can explain what a sticky yeah, wicket yeah. is. Um, so, confusingly... Sometimes they call the pitch the wicket. Okay. Um, so it's just sort of the whole pitch can be referred to as the wicket. Okay. And a sticky wicket is a uh, surface, a playing field, uh, which is, as we talked about, sometimes it's really difficult to right. bat. And that's basically what a sticky wicket is. It's an uneven surface, which is hard to bat on. And so in the Seinfeld context, you know, you might have a British guy saying like, oh, it's a bit of a sticky wicket. Uh-huh. Which is like a <laughs> right. euphemism for a situation that's difficult. Because you're imagining the poor old batsman, oh! the ball is bouncing all over the place, he doesn't know where it's right, going. Okay. Um, he's, he's in a tough situation. It's a sticky wicket. <sighs> that may, I mean, it makes so much sense. I mean, you've solved a, a lifelong... There you go, it's co- great. Co- it only requires half an hour yeah, to yeah. figure it <laughs> No, I mean, I think the smartest thing you did was compare it to baseball and then tell me what was it wasn't like baseball. And like that's like we that's very yes. very very brilliant. Okay, so who so so our our wicket bats w- wicket bat that's not right right no cricket bat cricket bat there you go sorry um <laughs> yeah cricket, cricket bats. bats are they uh, are they expensive is it is it is it something that most kids have that that are gonna be because like now it's like gosh I kind of want to have a, a cricket bat of my own <laughs> I don't even know where I would get one. This is uh, this is one of the the sad things about the game, um, in my view, is that like it has a reputation, especially in England, for being something that posh kids play because the the proper kit is quite expensive. You've got the ball made of leather. The bats can be uh, hundreds of dollars uh, pounds here um, if you get a, a really good one. Um, but the good news is that you don't really need any of that um, because you can just get slightly less good equipment. Um, like plastic ones instead. Um, I've got a set of that. Um, if you look up beach cricket or something, you'll probably be able to get something like that for twenty, thirty dollars, and you can have a perfectly good game um, just with uh, like plastic equipment in your back garden. Um, backyard cricket is a tradition in uh, Australia. They like to play mm-hmm. that a lot in their summers, and the game is incredibly popular in India. It is probably the national sport of India. Um, and India at the moment, you know, they have a billion people. Um, it's a, a nation that is becoming wealthier all the time. Um, so the biggest cricket leagues now take place in India, um, including one called the Indian Premier League, uh, where the players will get, you know, a million dollars for a few weeks of playing cricket. Wow. Um, so it's a huge sport there. And, you know, in, in India, of course, the kids who, who play this game and who sort of grow to love it, um, you know, you'll have street kids who, who don't have much, um, who will be playing with improvised sets, who will be playing with broom handles and tennis balls uh, in back alleys and stuff. And this is a, a common sight in India. If you go, you'll see groups of kids playing these improvised cricket games, you know, on uh, on dusty fields or in back alleys and stuff. And uh, that's really where the beating heart of the game is at the moment. And um, a lot of the you know, it's it's quite a niche pursuit in in England mm-hmm. here, um, and England are playing India at the moment over in India. Um, that the next 
game of that actually starts at four o'clock in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> For so you, yeah. I might have to set my alarms. I, by the by the time this airs, that game will be long. That the game will be long over, or maybe not. It could be going on for five more days. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I, Who knows? It it could well be <laughs> continuing, but um, that sort of sort of what I would say is like if you want to get um if you want to get into it you can get some of that kit like the beach kit or the kit that these kids would be using and have a great game and a, and a good time um without needing to worry too much about any of the expensive bats and things that that simon Pegg used to bash zombies <laughs> i just looked it up i just looked it up on amazon and for the the wickets a ball and a bat i can get a whole kit for for 31 us dollars so and that's it looks like it's plastic yes yeah, it's yeah. not too bad no is it? that's that's a lot of fun, and for five days of enjoyment, the f- I <laughs> just I can't believe that something could go on for that long, and it's it, like that just blows my mind. But I understand now; it's all about the strategy. Is okay. So India is the is kind of the at the forefront of the sport. It seems like too. Do you have a favorite player? Now this will this person will mean nothing to me because I have no idea. But like, do you have a favorite cricket player? Like, what, what's a are there famous cricket players? Yeah, there's definitely famous cricket players. Um, as I say, more so in India probably than in England. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to stick with the home team and say that my favorite player is uh, the England captain, um, batsman Joe Root. Um, so yes, this is the other thing I should say about cricket uh-huh. is that um, obviously some of the players on a team will be specialist batsmen and some of them will be specialist bowlers. Okay. Um, but as we said, everyone gets to have a bat. So there's lots of fun situations that come up in the game of cricket that don't come up in any other game, which is one of the reasons I love it, mm-hmm. um, where the bowlers who are selected for their uh, pitching ability, basically, um, are required or obliged to have a bat. And um, oh. they, they have varying degrees of competence at it. Um, I, I can't even think of a good analogy um, because there aren't that many sports where there's two quite different roles. But I suppose maybe it would be like if you imagine an, an American football game where everyone gets to be quarterback um, for, for a certain amount of time. <laughs> well, and some of them are good and some of them just can't do it. In, in some of the Major League Baseballs, the, the pitcher uh, doesn't have to bat. I can't quite remember because I'm not a huge mm-hmm. baseball fan, but there's two leagues that make up the Major League Baseball, and there's National and American League, and I forget in one of them the pitcher doesn't have to bat. So um, it's probably mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that then, correct? Or vice, or it'd be vice versa. Yeah, they have to, and so this can lead to some great situations. Um, there's a very famous match where, um, which happened recently where the poor old bowler was stuck trying to bat. So as I said, if, it, if you can actually make a game last for longer than five days, they have to call it off and mm. they have to call it a draw. Um, and there have been situations where the team is trying to save a draw and so not be defeated, not lose all of their batsmen. And the poor old bowlers have had to bat for an hour against you know, bowlers on the other team, uh, throwing the ball at 90 miles an hour. Um, so that you know there's lots of quite uh, dangerous tactics can be used in cricket sometimes they will bounce the ball so that it rears up and hits the batsman on the head <laughs> hits the batsman in the body um you know quite yeah. people have been killed playing this sport especially Whoa. in history before they wore helmets and stuff yeah um you know people would have their skulls broken and stuff by by these bouncing balls at 90 miles an hour so 
Um, it's it's a very intimidating situation for you can imagine a poor old bowler who's not primarily skilled at batting um, trying to survive and not lose his wicket to help his team uh, save a draw. And so th- this is one of the situations that again I can't think of any example for it in another sport where the whole team depends on someone who's not very good at something uh, achieving what they're supposed to. And it's just one of the, I mean, the game is, is complicated, of course, as we've had to sort of explain the rules for a long time. But one, that complexity allows it to throw up so many different situations and so many weird and crazy narratives and stories that can unfold over these days, um, which I think in some ways you don't necessarily get in a simpler sport like soccer, um, where it, it's much easier to grasp what's going on um, than anyone can sort of play soccer. But perhaps the strategy is a lot less in-depth. I have such a healthy respect now for that amount of time that you can spend because that's just strategy playing out. It's not that... Mm -hmm. I just thought it was everybody... What I assumed was that it was just constantly there were ties that were constantly happening. And so you're just trying to break that tie. And it just was going back and forth, back and forth. But no, it's just like, can you get the other team out, basically? That is so yeah. interesting. It can you ch- fool the batsman? Can you trick the batsman? Right. And what it means is that when the batsman does get out, it's a huge moment. You know, you can be watching this. It's their most competent batsman. Um, you could have been watching him bat for two or three hours, waiting for him to get out, knowing that if he doesn't get out, he could score hundreds of runs and take the game away from you. Right. The highest score ever by an individual in a cricket match is 400 runs, um, which is a lot. That's a lot. Um, and so it is possible for one batsman to take the game away from uh, players by batting for a couple of days. So that moment when the bowler on your team uh, dismisses the batsman, gets him out, uh, sends his stumps flying everywhere, knocks over the wicket, or or you know causes him to mm-hmm. spoon a catch into the air, is is a big and exciting moment because of how long you've waited for it. And that you know there's analogies for life in that, isn't there as well? You know, it's uh, life is. Life is a lot like that in the sense that there's a lot of waiting around and then occasionally something exciting happens. <laughs> right. And I think watching a game of cricket can be quite similar. I yes. So what what's what would be an average batsman? What would, what's an average score? Just like a, a normal amount of, of runs that he gets. So it's interesting. It's um because if you were thinking about it like a like a mathematical distribution, um, batsmen tend to be least confident at batting early on in their innings. Mm -hmm. So when they first got in, they're still assessing the conditions, they're still assessing the bowlers. That's when they're most likely to make a mistake. So typically, you know, it's not uncommon for batsmen to get out for zero runs, uh, which is called a duck in cricketing terminology. Mm -hmm. So you'd say the guy's got out for a duck. Um, And that can happen even to the best batsmen. That happens quite often. Um, Once a batsman has scored about 10 or 20 runs, uh, we say that he's in. You know, he's seeing it well, he's able to assess conditions, he's figured out the strategy that the other bowlers are trying to use. And then, generally, he will score quite a few runs. Uh, Typically, 50 is considered a good score. Uh, A personal milestone for a batsman would be 100. So, in the course of a five-day match, sometimes one or two batsmen will score 100 in the course of that. And uh, and that definitely, um, you know, is considered a really good score for them to get. Um, but the, the average, um, so obviously over your career, you'll have like a batting average. Um, and a batting average of about 40 runs per innings is considered pretty good. 
Okay, yeah, so 400 obviously is is monstrous. Like that is just yeah. absolutely It was uh, it was a special a special innings by Brian Lara from the West Indies. When did that happen? How long ago did that happen? 2004, I think. Um so like yeah, maybe 20 years ago. But cricket is another one of these sports where I mean you can see because of how complicated it is and all the numbers that are involved records come up all the time and so the commentators will constantly be talking about how this is the first time this has happened in a game of cricket since 1921 or since 1837 or whatever and uh, we, we all like to hear about that the idea that these 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 sportscasters have to talk about the grass and everything. but it makes sense no so you're going to be talking about the grass because the the state of the pitch is so important to the game itself so you would like oh you talk about the wind exactly. you talk exactly. about uh, do, will they play in the rain or is or games called uh, due to weather often? Nah, if it rains they'll they'll go off, which is very frustrating if you try and play it in England because famously it rains all the time here. But um, <laughs> this is one of the other things about cricket is um, that teams so it's played all over the world of course. Um, teams typically have certain pitches that they like to play on and certain pitches that they don't like to play on. So um, England are in India at the moment, as I mentioned earlier, and India is well known for having spin bowlers. Um, they have bowlers who spin the ball a lot and um, it bounces unpredictably. And in England, we tend to have more fast bowlers who try and uh, achieve their wickets with swing and movement through the air. Um, and that's just because of the different climates of the different regions of the world. Mm -hmm. you know, in England, there's a lot of moisture in the air, which helps the ball to swing around. In India, you have these pitches that are more dusty, they break up under the sun, and this can cause the spinners to bounce the ball unpredictably. So these Indian pitches are very, very good for spin bowling. And this causes controversy because our English batsmen who are, grow up playing in England don't know how to deal with it. And uh, they, they, there's a huge home advantage. Um, so winning away from home is considered uh, a very, very good triumph in the game of cricket. But that's part of what I love about this sport is that <laughs> it was obviously invented in, in England, but every different nation that it's gone to has developed their own style, their own way of playing the game, their own unique sets of skills, uh, their own unique batsmen and bowlers who play in different ways. And it, it's it's just, it's, <laughs> I can wax lyrical. No, I, I love it. It's kind of magical to me that you can adapt this game all over the world. And it's not like soccer where it's the same all over the mm -hmm. world. You know, although people will say that different nations play with different styles. Um, but everywhere you go, it's different. And every match situation is different. And uh, every bowler, every batsman has their own individual style and their own way of playing. And uh, it means there's so much variation that once you get into it, um, there's lots to be interested in. But, you know, we talk about these games lasting for five days. I should say to people who are interested in watching some cricket, um, probably watch the highlights <laughs> um, rather right. than watching a whole match. Even even cricket fans won't sort of sit for eight hours and watch a full match. You know, you'll watch highlights or you'll have the radio on in the background while you're doing other things. Right. And um, that was how I first got into cricket, was listening to the radio, having it on in the background as kind of like a comforting presence. And it was only after listening for a long time that I started to figure out what was going on. Um, but once you do, it, it can become a bit of an obsession. And certainly, you know, for all of the fans um, who enjoy following these things, um, because the games can just throw up different situations 
um, constantly different narratives and different stories. It, they find it to be a very rich um, experience being a fan of it. I I love, and uh, we talked about this off air too. Is I just I love sports. I do. I, I I love playing sports, whether I'm good at it or not. Like it's fun, and it's but like. When you when you get these players that are just so elite and they've dedicated their lives to something, you, it's a storyline that you could follow, and uh, I've likened it to the greatest exactly. uh, the greatest reality television show is sports <laughs> because all the actors are great because it's real life, you know, and uh, so like you get into it, it's something that's a shared experience that people across the globe, or at least across like different countries. Um, can like share and be a part of and it's it's huge and I think it's important and I, I just think it's a I mean just when you get down to it it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to 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 aspire to something too at the same time like you don't have to be, and that's another thing too that you were saying too that you could just grab like these kids in back alleys are playing it or you can grab these these uh these beach sets and and things like that that you can you can really just like play it. Like I'm gonna order one right now so me and my kids can play. So because I wanna I, I wanted to experience it for myself. But so you're saying watch highlights. I'm sure that's on YouTube, I assume, right? I mean you, I'm sure there's tons of highlights on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. And um just, just what you were saying on sport, I just wanna go into that a bit more if you don't mind, because I think you know, when I was a lot younger, before I got into cricket actually, I didn't watch any sports at all. I I didn't understand why people watched them. I thought they were a waste of time to be mm -hmm. honest. Um, and I was like, why would you want to watch other people kicking the ball around or whatever? <laughs> um, I think what I've come to appreciate is, like you say, is that it creates these moments of incredible, unpredictable, unscripted, natural drama to Absolutely. watch. You know, yeah. and you can hear it in the voices of the commentators and the reaction of the crowd when something really remarkable is going on. And, um, you know, when it comes to the, the feelings that fans have for their team, I think in a weird way... Um, you know, I think society is getting better in the sense that people are more willing to be upfront and talk about their feelings and emotions a lot mm -hmm. more. And I'm all for that. I think that's a good thing. But I think what sport does in the same way that films do and TV and music is it gives you an outlet for expressing your feelings in a way that you sort of know is safe, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it doesn't matter to anyone really who wins or loses. At the end of the day, it's a game that people play. Right. Um, but you can still get emotionally involved in it and invested in how your team is doing, how your player's doing, whether your batsman is going to score 100, whether your bowler's going to take loads of wickets and get the other side mm -hmm. out. And you can still get excited and uh, kind of ride along with it in, in a way that I think is, is quite safe. And um, you see that in sports fans, that they're kind of... Um, I, I, it's almost like an emotional outlet for people for the feelings that maybe they can't express in their, in their normal day-to-day um, -day lives or don't get the same opportunity to be involved in that kind of drama um, in what they're doing and when you come to appreciate sports on that level I think you can kind of see why people are such fanatical followers of, uh, of their favorite teams. I've never heard it expressed that way and I think that's one of the most perfect ways to express it that it's a safe emotional outlet and it's that is that is exactly what it is and I just never heard it explained that way. And that is, that's perfection. Wow. Cheers. Fantastic. That's so good. Uh, well, this episode may be coming to an end, but the work is just beginning. Thomas has given us the playbook 
to become huge, huge fans of cricket. And for the response edition of this episode, I'll be spending uh, the week taking as much of Thomas's advice as I can and fit it into the next response episode with Elise. Uh, I, I think my wife will enjoy this as well because she likes sports that are are easy to like have an easy entry point. So I think this is going to be I think this is going to be great. Uh, now, in the meantime, I hope you'll try his advice too, or you can add, or if you can add more to the conversation with your own expertise, please do so. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at like two. That's the number two, like two like things. You can also leave a message on the like line at 661-279-0130 or via email at I like to like things podcast at gmail.com. Now I'll read or play any messages on that episode too, if they're positive. Now, if you'd like to be on the show or you have a friend that wants to share, contact me using the same channels. Now, remember, uh, we like to keep things positive. No toxic fandom here. If you're not a fan of cricket, we don't want to hear it. If you are a fan of cricket, uh, keep it keep it civil. So sometimes the sports episodes have a, have a tendency to, to inspire the worst in people. So let's let's keep it civil. Yeah. Uh, you can also support <laughs> us via Patreon at patreon.com slash I like to like things. Uh, now, Thomas, where can people find you on social media? Okay, well, if you want to find me only talking about cricket when I'm not supposed to, um, you can find me on Twitter for my physics podcast at <laughs> physicspod. Uh, you can find the physics podcast website at physicspodcast.com. And the show is called Physical Attraction. So if you throw that into the uh, search engine where you're listening to this, you'll probably find it as well. And uh, those are all the places you can find me. But you shouldn't be following me on social media. You should be watching and playing cricket so that you're ready to take the Olympics by storm in 2028. <laughs> I think that's it. That's it. I mean, that is that is the best advice anyone's ever given <laughs> on this show is is take it, take the Olympics by storm. That's so great. Well, Thomas, thank you so much. This was incredibly enlightening. And it's, uh, I think I found a, a kindred sports spirit. This is great, but I just really appreciate this. Thank you so much. No, it was great fun. I love to talk about this because honestly, all my friends who don't like cricket are sick of hearing me go on about it. So it's so nice to be have a safe space <laughs> where I'm allowed to <laughs> ramble right. on for an hour. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, it's great. Uh, but I will see you all next week when the mission is accomplished. And remember, we can make the world a little brighter, a little friendlier, a little more enjoyable by liking a few more things. 